Hello everyone. This week we had the pleasure of speaking to Tim Lester, the head football coach at Western Michigan University right here in Kalamazoo. He played in the original XFL in 2001 and has some great stories about his time playing for the Chicago Enforcers. So please enjoy this excerpt of our conversation with Coach Lester. Now, you grew up in Wheaton, Illinois, which is where Red Grange is from, the Wheaton Iceman. Uh, what was it like growing up in Wheaton, Illinois, and how in the world did you end up at Western Michigan University? Well, it's hilarious that you knew his nickname was the Wheaton Iceman. It's very common knowledge for, for people from Wheaton, you know, because when he used to come home from uh, Illinois and, and work, he delivered ice, blocks of ice. You know, we were the Red Grange Tigers. That was my high school mascot. And we played on Red Grange Field, and uh, everything was Red Grange. And so I, I got to meet his wife once when we went to the state championship game in 1992, which was pretty neat. Uh, so I followed him and, and been a big fan. Obviously, football is really important, and we've had a lot of successful players come out of there. And obviously, the the most current one is Corey Davis, who has uh, played here at Western and and okay. uh, yeah, playing for the Titans. So we've had a lot of great his, historic place to coach and played for a, a hall of fame coach and John Thorne and, you know, had a lot of options where I was going to go to school and really was going to go to Florida. Florida was where I wanted to go. Furrier was there. Danny Werfel was their quarterback who I wanted to be like. They had offered me, I had it all set up. And then uh, I think it was my first playoff game, middle of November, my senior year, I blew my knee out, um, had to have surgery, lost a ton of scholarship offers um, and had, and still had about, 10 to 15 to choose from, but, you know, I'd always liked Western. I liked the coach a ton. Um, hadn't really thought a ton about coming to Western, but I, I, I really liked the, the people here and uh, still had Pitt, still had West Virginia, but there was something about this place after getting hurt that drew me to it. And, and thank God I got hurt. I mean, I got to play 44 college football games and now I'm the head coach here and everything happens for a reason. Yeah. You played for Western from 96 to 99. Uh, you had a pretty impressive uh, career as a, as a college quarterback, uh, 11,299 yards, 87 touchdowns, uh, and you led them to the MAC championship game in 99 against Marshall. Uh, didn't uh, didn't go so well, though, against Marshall. No, I remember that game, obviously, as my last game. So Pennington took the – Chad Pennington took them down the field last drive of the game. I think they scored with like six or seven seconds left to beat us. Uh, it was a great game, assigning us being clutch <laughs> I know the outcome, unfortunately, but man, it was, it was, a, it was one of those historic games and we had a big lead. They came back and took the lead. We retook it. And then, you know, coach Chad had the ball last, you know, and yeah. uh, it's funny. I still talk to him. He's a high school coach down in Tennessee and, and I uh, have recruited some of his kids. And um, so it's, it's a, it's a cool relationship that me and him have. And uh, that was definitely a game that I'll never forget. So after college, you wound up playing in the XFL, the original XFL, in 2001 with the Chicago Enforcers. How did that all come about? Well, you know, the, I didn't get drafted. Uh, I, I mean, I tried out for a lot of teams, a couple mini camps, stuff like that. So um, I was one of the few guys that got invited to be in that draft that wasn't an ex-NFL player. So there weren't a lot of 21, 22-year-olds. Most of them were, you know, bounce backs. Uh, from NFL teams, and that's the way they wanted it. So I was definitely the young guy in the league, and the draft came and went. I got drafted by Chicago, my hometown team, which was pretty cool. 
Although playing in Soldier Field in February is not so cool, it is miserable and rainy. And but it was it was cool for me to play in Soldier Field, being a Bears fan. And so it was it was a unique experience, a chance to. Unfortunately, only lasted one year. You know this this one that just happened this year. I think they did a great job with it, and I'm I've done a lot of interviews on the XFL because I was part of the first one. And shoot, the first game was uh, we played against Orlando, and uh, Jeff Brown was their quarterback. And so that was the first time I met Jeff. And I not, now obviously both of us, both of us coaching, uh, we see each other quite a bit. But yeah, that was the first time we met. It was, it was a great opportunity for guys to develop. And unfortunately, only went one year, played arena a little bit, knew I wanted to coach and was just waiting for the right opportunity. And uh, then I got into coaching. Which, uh, which arena team did you play for? I played for three different arena teams. I started in, with the Nashville Cats. I wasn't there very long. Um, I played for a guy named Pat Spruto there, who's a scout for the Chiefs now. Uh, he, and he traded me down to Memphis. And so I played in Memphis for two years. Uh, I did I did spend one summer with the Carolina Cobras, too. Actually, my coach there was Mike New, who's the head coach of the Ball State Cardinals now. So, But, yeah, mostly Memphis is where I played. And, and just really waiting for the right coaching job to come up. And uh, I got a call the lot my second some were playing in Memphis uh, to be an offensive coordinator at a Division three school and took the job and, and been been doing that since. The way I remember it, there was a lot of bad weather games during that early part of the season. Up north, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, it made sense for a city like Chicago to have a team, but, you know, a place like Detroit or Minnesota that has a dome makes a lot more sense uh, when you're playing in February and March. I mean, as the, as the season wore on, I mean, we played in Birmingham. It was nice. We played in Orlando. It was nice. L.A. was really nice. But, yeah, to have a team up north, it was definitely tough. Just a lot of little things that, that lead tough in bad weather. I mean, there were a couple little things that people don't know about. Like, you know, they, they were really cutting edge. They tried a lot of new things. Some of them worked. Some of them didn't. Some of the video stuff they've done is, you know, I mean, you see it every time you turn the television on now. Uh, the forward motion didn't work all that great. I really like the new XFL and how they tried to – they made some aggressive rules, but they're more they're more special teams rules or two-point play rules. There's really not first, second, third down. They really haven't changed football. And I, I really enjoyed watching this year's XFL because I thought it was more uh, more like the NFL than the first version of the XFL was. And the other thing they did, they had this uh, this ball that they they wanted to they wanted to stain it black. And and in a genius idea, they they put they put a little bit of a waterproofing in the in the dye and it, it made it really bad because the ball was literally like a, a waxed car so when the ball got wet it was like a hot potato i mean it was uh I, watching all the quarterbacks in the league when the ball got wet it was it was almost impossible to throw the ball i tried every kind of glove known to man uh jim and i have little hands jim Druckenmiller has the biggest hands i've ever seen and he he, I think he threw three or four balls backwards. So uh, it was a good idea, hoping the balls wouldn't get waterlogged. The problem is, is the moment that they got wet, it was uh, it was impossible to hold on to the ball. So uh, good idea. It didn't didn't come to in practice very well. Now you they they came out with a whole set of uh, XFL cards that year, and you have a card. Uh, do you do you have a your own copy of a, an XFL card of yours? I do. It's somewhere. I know. I got. I think my mom put them in a, some kind of some kind of frame that I have. I, I don't have it hanging anywhere, but uh, I know I got them somewhere. Yeah, I've I've got one uh, here. I've got a whole set of them, so I've I've got one of your cards here.
But I see that there was also a second card in that set. It was an autograph card that you had. And I didn't know about that until just recently. Yeah, you know, the, the funny thing about that card was we sat down and I, I don't, I'd never really done anything quite like it in college. I'd signed autographs before and I'd never signed a thousand in a row. Um, and that was more painful than you thought, than I've ever imagined uh, sitting there trying to sign a thousand cards. It took a couple hours straight, but a really cool thing. I mean, there was, it was obviously as a kid growing up, loving, loving baseball and loving football to have a card was uh, a tops card was pretty neat. Now, do you have any other souvenirs from the league? Like, did they let you keep your helmet or a jersey or anything? I do. I, they didn't let us keep our jerseys. I would have loved to do that. But, yeah, I have my helmet, and um, it's uh, it's down in my basement and uh, right next to my Western helmet. And um, so it was pretty cool. It's one of the new bike helmets now. They've, they've, they've since been uh, – they've upgraded helmets, obviously, in a, a lot. But uh, it was one of the first super light helmets that we tried in the league, and it was uh, it was cool. They – they had the little transmitters so we could have uh, so they could hear us talking in the huddle, which I thought was a cool thing. And it was a it was a fun time in a, in a crazy, crazy league. But it was uh, I mean, the, the crazy thing is people ask me about it all the time. And we had Ron Meyer was our head coach. He had previously just coached a Super Bowl a couple of years earlier. And being on a football team was being on a football team. We had coaches. We were working. And then when we got to the first game is really when you could tell that it was different. I mean, it was a. They bring their own speakers in, and it was like a rock concert while a football game was going on. And uh, and that's the first time you kind of felt the XFL because being showing up and learning a game plan and getting yelled at by coaches. I mean, it was it was just like normal football. After the first week, Vince McMahon came down, and you know we decided as a team we weren't going to have nicknames. And it was such a big hit after the first week. He man he mandated that at least three people changed to nicknames and we had a team meeting about it. And three of our guys rose their hand and became whatever they were, you know, uh, a train. I think Anthony Humphreys became a train and whatever they were. And, and so it was fun to uh, the whole process. The one thing I would say about the first XFL as I've, as I watched it, I watched the very first game uh, on Sunday we played the Saturday games. I watched the Sunday games and, and it was really uh, hard to watch with the, there were a couple of plays where they were, they were showing the cheerleaders while the game was going on. And I struggled with that and they weren't talking about the game a lot. And, and it was funny because by the end of the year, when no one was watching the last three or four games were very well put on and the football was really good. And it was fun to watch the last couple of games as they kind of figured it out. The problem is, you know, the, everyone watched the first three or four weeks and then tuned out. And then by the time they, they got rid of the wrestling announcers and hired football announcers, and it, it really became pretty solid. I felt towards the end, but I think it was, I think it was it was too late, too little, too late. If you enjoyed this excerpt of our conversation with Coach Tim Lester, please go back and listen to the full interview. It was posted on April seventh, twenty twenty, in episode one thirty nine of This Week in the World of Football. New episodes are posted every Tuesday wherever you found this podcast.